Welcome to the I'm Book Podcast. I'm April O'Leary and I am your host. And today on the episode about online book marketing, we have Jory Hanna of Torchflame Books. Join us right now on episode 62 as we dive right in. Welcome to the I'm Book Podcast. I am really excited. I have Jory Hanna today here with me from uh, Light Messages and Torch Flame Books. She's the assistant editor and publicist. And we were just chatting right before I hit the record button about her specialty and what she's interested in because publishing is such a huge endeavor for any publisher any editor, any author that we tend to specialize in some area. And so today we want to talk about author publicity and branding. So I'm glad you're here, Jory. Thank you for spending the time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. This is going to be so fun. So first off, let's let's talk a little bit about how did you get into publishing? How did you get into this crazy world? Oh my goodness. That's, um, that's a, that's a long answer. We, so I, back when I was in like seventh grade, I decided I wanted to write my first book after a family friend really told me like, Hey, you could do that. You know? Cause I, at first I thought that authors were just this like strange mythical being who was the coolest thing in the entire universe. And obviously you had to be a really cool person to become an author. And so there was no way that I could do that at seventh grade. Right. Um, but she encouraged me. She's like, you should just try it. You, you wrote the short story really easily. You should try it. And so I did. And before I knew that writing was supposed to be a, a more complicated path, um, I sat down and I just wrote out my first book. Granted, it was very novice writing. It was more of a novella than a book. But the very first book that I ever set out to write, I finished, which if you talk with a lot of authors, you find out that that's not always the case. Um so I decided pretty early on that I was really interested in publishing and becoming an author and pursuing whatever I had to do to get there. And so skip ahead to college where I majored in professional writing at Taylor University, um, which is a very unique program. It's one of like seven in the country, I think, that focuses on how do you make money as a writer? How do you succeed with this as your career more than just how do you write well? How do you write prose? etc. It was how do you sell your own writing so that you can actually make money with this. Um, and in that, we talked a lot about marketing. We talked a lot about like author platforms, we talked about, about writers conferences and the publishing industry. Um, a few of my classes went start to finish with one of our own manuscripts of if you were going to take this all the way through the entire editorial process all the way into like the typesetting process, cover design marketing, how do you do that? So we were really extremely, extremely well prepared really to enter into the publishing industry on the whole. Um, and so I did that and then I graduated and then I had a little bit of time there where I was like, okay, I have to get my foot in the door somewhere. I have no idea where I'm going with this, how to get in. At, at the time I was young and fresh and straight out of college. And I was like, I really wanted, you know, the dream job is Penguin Random House, right? Um, one of the really big ones, assuming I'd be moving to New York. Um, but I was willing to step through any door that opened. Um, and I, one of my former classmates um, connected me with a author that I started freelancing with part-time doing her personal publicity. So very specific to one author 
helping her run her social media, helping her manage her ads, um, everything that she needed done, coordinating schedules for interviews, every really just being her virtual assistant. And then another of my alumni from the same program was working with light messages and she had finished her master's degree and had a job opening at um, Baker Bookhouse at Bethany House, I think. And she was like, hey, are you interested? Would you want to take this over for me? And I was like, absolutely, I would. Um, so she connected me with Betty and Elizabeth and Wally and we hit it off almost right away. And the rest is history. Now I'm now I'm here <laughs> working with all of our authors all the time um, for everything that they do, everything that we're doing, and also the fun job of, you know, being able to come and speak on behalf of the publishing house. So it's been a really fun journey, um, very roundabout, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lots of twists and turns and where can I use this skill set of mine and how do I how do I connect in there? So, but yeah. So that's how I got into publishing. It, it was a little crazy. It was a lot of connections and a lot of narrow um, twists and turns. And I feel yes. like for a lot of authors, that's sort of the path that you have to get comfortable with is there is no direct path. Mm -hmm. I just read James Patterson's book that he wrote called James Patterson. And it was basically, you know, he is the world's best-selling author um, and he has had amazing success and now he's co-partnering with other authors like Bill Clinton and Dolly mm -hmm. Parton and he talked about for decades he worked in advertising he was writing on the side it wasn't even part of his career um, but he wanted it to be and so mm -hmm. you know it's interesting to think of someone who's achieved such success grinding it out in the corporate world as a corporate advertiser <laughs> before they ever you know made made any sort of headway so uh, for those of you listening who are authors or aspiring authors who are thinking like, how the heck am I going to do this? How do I connect? It's just know that the path isn't always clear and that by just trying and being persistent, you can get there. So if you're talking about author branding, which, you know, we were talking about, mm -hmm. you know, the many different ways that authors can brand and uh, get noticed and grow their grow their platform, which around here, we've talked about platform before, which is how many people know about you, are following you, or on your email list, and that kind of thing. Um, let's talk a little bit about author publicity. It's, it's something that's different for every author, I assume. So how do you go about approaching an author with their specific guide to marketing their book? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, it does. It varies so much from author to author. Especially to, because you'll have some authors who they want to write one book and that's it. They just want to have their one book, get it published. That's that's enough for them. Um, and then you have the other authors who are like, I want to write this book and then I want to write this book and then I want to write this book and I want to make this my whole career. I want to replace my nine to five with this. How do I do that? And finding that ability for everybody to do what they're doing and what they need to accomplish with that and how you go about that, um, it varies so dramatically. So the first step for me is always just asking them where they're comfortable. Uh, do they like writing? Obviously, I assume they like writing because they wrote a book, but is that where they're most comfortable? Do they want to present themselves online with words on a screen? Um, do they prefer to, do they like taking pretty pictures? Um, do they want to share their thoughts on life and everything in between? Do they want to share their face? Are they comfortable with that? 
Um, a lot of authors are so afraid to jump onto social media because they want to keep their privacy. One of the benefits of being an author is sort of that anonymous fame where you can kind of hide behind your name, but people don't have to know you. Um, and that's what draws a lot of people in. But how do you stay as an author in that is how you create that platform. And you still can create a platform while maintaining that anonymity. Um, to an extent, obviously, you have to be engaging with people and sharing your personality and who you are, but you don't have to do that in a way that puts you at all at risk. Um, and so I ask them where they're comfortable. If they like speaking, if they like taking pictures, if they prefer writing, if they would rather sit down for three minutes and record themselves just rambling about something and that's where they're most comfortable because they're like oh I can do that that's that sounds easy and fun to me that's where we're in our sweet spot um so whatever their comfort level is um that's where we start and then we start looking at the social media that would meet that comfort level so if they prefer text-based mediums twitter is way better um facebook is a good one I would recommend that they start a blog, right? If they prefer photos and videos, I would recommend Facebook again, because Facebook really is a very good place to test out things because it has so much functionality. Um, and then Instagram, and eventually too, if they're enjoying videos and they're enjoying short form videos, they wanna do more like that, I'll start funneling them into YouTube. Um, because that's a great place for them to really grow into themselves and just explore and have fun and build a following that's going to be dependable. Um, with the benefit that YouTube is one of the few social media that will actually push your content, even if you don't have a following. Um, they will recommend your content on the side without anybody knowing who you are. And so you can reach your audience way easier than otherwise expected. That's a good point. And I didn't actually know that. So that's a really good, you know, TikTok is also that way mm -hmm. where TikTok is um, filtering just all kinds of random stuff. And it's not by, based on who you follow or who follows you. It's sort of mm -hmm. on, you know, your, your for you page becomes customized based on what you've watched. So my daughters have explained this to me that each of their for you pages looks different because they each like to watch different kinds of things. So okay. you have a totally different experience based on how the platform has learned about you, which is a little scary. It can seem, but it's also as a content creator, which is something that I think is important. You know, an author is a content creator. And so all of this that you're talking about is how do you prefer to continue creating new content? Do you prefer creating videos or messages on your blog or short form messages like Twitter, but it's always about being on the side of content creation rather than content consuming. And I think we could fall into that trap of just scrolling and scrolling and, you know, we're not really doing anything to proactively put things out. I always say to my husband, because we disagree on Facebook. He only wants people that are actually his friends on Facebook. And I say, it's, I don't care if I know them um, because I use Facebook for marketing. So I don't, mm -hmm. I don't really necessarily put anything out there that I wouldn't care if anybody really saw. So I think there's, as an author, yes, you can want to hide behind your author name and stay in the pages of your book. But I think that by people getting to know you, if you're comfortable with it, another good example, do you know Colleen Hoover? I know the name and I know that she went viral she and went I still have yet to read her books. Uh -huh. Yeah, my, 
my 15 year old has read a number of her books. So I somehow found her, um, I was scrolling through her Instagram reels and she had a really cool um, video. It was literally all it was, she set up her camera. She had tables and tables with stacks of books she was signing. And then she had three guys who were maybe her brothers or you know younger guys. They were kind of bringing the books over to her and they were just talking and caring about their business while she was just signing. And the whole video was like an hour long. And I thought, you know, people like to see that kind of stuff. Like how does an author sign their books? So absolutely, but maybe not everyone's comfortable with that. So when you talk about that, you know, pairing the author with their comfort zone, how do you kind of get them to understand and utilize the tools that are on that platform and start to create the content? What are some of the strategies that you kind of help them get going? Yeah, of course. One of the very first things, I mean, you talked about consumption versus creation. Um, and the very first thing that anybody who is about to become a creator has to do truly is consume. Um, they have to consume a lot. They have to figure out what kinds of spaces there are online. So Twitter, as we all know, has, as a great example, there's tons of spaces on Twitter right? There's the political spaces on Twitter. There's the puppy side of Twitter. There's people posting selfies side of Twitter. There's fashion Twitter. And then there's book Twitter and underneath book Twitter, there's writing Twitter and reading Twitter and all of the different subgenres in all of those areas. But if you don't search for those topics on Twitter, the very first thing that you might expect is to end up on political Twitter or puppy Twitter. And as you're author career, that's maybe not where you want to be. Um, a lot of people I know have a really hard time with social media because it can get so negative. And part of that is because of the content that they're consuming. If they start controlling the content they consume, their feed will change. Uh, that's the case with TikTok. That's the case with Facebook. That's the case with Instagram. These social media algorithms are created to show you what you want, to keep you on the app. And so if you start recording, interacting with, um, creating content that you would want to be interacting with, it will start funneling you into these little subsets. And then you'll really enjoy your time on social media. Um, one of my authors, Christopher Flory, did a fantastic job with us. He was really nervous to get on social media in the first place, but he dove in after I was like, okay, you, you can't do a lot of this. Great. Here are the ones that you can do. Here are the ones that you said you're comfortable with. And here are the ones that you said are fun and easy for you. Fantastic. Here's how you keep doing those ones. And as he started having more and more fun, he started branching out. So he started with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And then he expanded out to TikTok which really took me by surprise. I thought, <laughs> I thought maybe he would eventually, but the fact that he took it and ran with it, I was I was doing a little publicist celebration in my office, right? A little <laughs> self fist pump because he took the chance and he's loving it. Um, and he, he's doing so well. I love, I love his content. Um, but part of that too is because he took the chance to engage with the new medium. And now he's starting to figure out, okay, here's what I can do. Like on the days that I don't want to film a whole original video, how do I use the sounds that are trending? How do I connect that trending sound or even that like video trend to my books that I can use that for marketing? How do I take my friends who are on Twitter and 
share my TikTok videos with them so that they might come join me on TikTok as well. And so he's been networking in that way, which is one of the most fantastic. I mean, again, it's just a little publicist like, yes, um, moment for me because he he really took it and ran with it. Um, but that's that's one of those fun things. So he he was he was nervous. He got comfortable and then he started exploring, but he had to consume a lot first um, so that he could figure out, OK, Twitter, there's the entire writing community on Twitter. I want to be on the writing community on Twitter. I can I can engage with that. I can share about people's books. I can do book reviews. I'm comfortable in that space. And so once he found that, he could keep going. So, and when you talk about finding the writing community, for example, for people who aren't on Twitter or thinking like Twitter's a waste of time, I can remember, this is probably a decade ago when I got on Twitter and someone said, well, just follow people you like. And I remember one of the people I started following was Tony Robbins. And I I was only following a handful of people. So, you know, if you're following thousands of people, you're not going to see, you know, it's going to be a smattering of stuff, right? Um, and like every minute or so, Tony Robbins, there was a new tech twi- tweet from him. And I was like, oh my God, is this guy sitting at his desk just tweeting all day? I thought he was doing more important things than that. I was so confused by Twitter. And so I eventually, you know, learned a little bit more about the communities. But for someone who's in that space of like Twitter seems so overwhelming, like how could they go on and find the conversations that would be important to them? What would be a couple steps to getting into those rooms or conversations? Yeah, absolutely. The first, the first thing is to find the celebrities in your field that you would want to follow, right? So the first people I followed were like Stephen King and James Patterson and JK Rowling, um, because they were writers who had done what I wanted to do. So I wanted to see what they were talking about, how they were interacting with people, um, the different topics and comments that they were bringing into the sphere. The second thing that I did was start looking up hashtags. So hashtag bookstagram on Instagram is one of the biggest book communities that there absolutely is online. There's similar communities on every other social media. So hashtag book Twitter is a great place to start. Hashtag writing community is a great place to start if you're trying to find those people. Um, And in that community, you'll start finding other hashtags, right? So as you scroll through the hashtag writing community list and feed in your search bar, you'll start seeing that there's also like hashtag writers lift where people are mentioning other writers that they have really enjoyed interacting with and suggesting that you go follow them or suggesting that you go follow their books, right? There's hashtag self-promotion Sundays, where on Sundays, people will use that hashtag and post about their own book. It's a great excuse to talk about your own book without feeling bad about it, um, which you should never feel bad about talking about your own book for for all of you authors listening. It's something that you put a lot of time and effort into. You should be proud of it. Talk about it all the time. Don't ever let people tell you not to. Um, If they're annoyed, that's their own problem, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's like, you know, that we could end the podcast right there because that is like a great life tip. If someone else is annoyed by you doing what you do best, then let them go. Like we can't live our life based on someone else's opinions. And I love it. Self-promotion is so hard for authors, so hard. And it's understanding. And I, I explained this to one of our authors who, who was a great football coach. He had a lot of success 
taking a losing, you know, local high school team to state championship in four years. And his book was all about that. And it was about his faith and that kind of thing. And I said, well, isn't your book, if, if a young football player reads this, wouldn't this book inspire them and help them see that they can, you know, do things they thought they previously couldn't do. So it's not about you and like, look at me, I'm a great coach. It's about, no, you as the reader can see all of these kids develop over four years and where they can go. So by you promoting the book, you're actually helping people to improve their life. And so it was a little bit of a mental shift that was uh, hard to see um, that, that as authors, yes, it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking, well, we're just promoting ourselves because we want our name to be out there. But really, whether the book is entertaining for someone, like you said, Stephen King, you know, J.K. Rowling, I mean, how many readers have enjoyed plenty of time in the pages of those books? But if they didn't know exactly. about the books, they wouldn't have enjoyed the stories. Yes, exactly. And frankly, too, and that this is the best advice that there possibly could be for creating a social media following for yourself. Your page, your profile, the space that you are creating for your followers and your readers is it should be as much under your control as possible. You get to set the rules there, right? So if somebody is being mean in the comment section, guess what? You can block them. You can get rid of them. You can say, hey, this space is not for you. This space is for me and people who are going to enjoy what I'm creating. And that's not you. So you don't need to stay here. Um, you can do that with anybody who's just being an internet troll because they're there, they're out there, they're mean, right? You don't need to keep them around. Right. And so you can do that on TikTok. You can do that on Facebook. You can do that on Instagram. The block button exists for a reason. You can use it. Don't feel bad about that. If it, You're not losing that reader because they weren't interested anyway. That's um, true. So let's talk a little bit, you know, as um, a publishing house, you know, you work mm -hmm. in, in the publishing world under a publishing house with authors and you publish both fiction and nonfiction authors. Currently, we just publish nonfiction. Maybe we'll branch out at some point. We do a little bit of um, fiction, but not much. But what's the difference in promotion, would you say, for authors in, in either genre, fiction or nonfiction? Would you say there's a difference in how, how you recommend they promote? Not a massive difference, which people often think that there would be. Um, the overarching steps are the same, right? The goal is to do what it takes to get your name out there so that people start recognizing your name and start looking for more information. That's the case whether you're writing nonfiction or fiction. With nonfiction, it might be a little bit more straightforward because there's likely other magazines or newspapers or communities that are focused on the same topic of whatever you wrote. So one of our nonfiction authors, um, Dave Iverson, he wrote Winter Stars, which is a memoir on caregiving when he moved in to care for his 98-year-old mom. Um, at the time, he had just been di diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at like, I want to say 76. I might be wrong on that one. Um, but he had just moved in to, to care for his mom. And he had Parkinson's, she had dementia. It was all very complicated in, the, in all of the ways. And so when he was promoting his book, um, he had a background with NPR as a radio broadcaster. So for him, we did a lot of verbal interviews, online interviews, 
um, he had connections to the Michael J. Fox Foundation that they were willing to put on events and such for him in that regard as well. So there was a lot that he could do already, but there was also stuff that even with people having a very niche audience for his NPR history, there were a lot of people in the caregiving community that didn't necessarily know his name. But there was a caregiving community that he could reach out to and interact with. Mm -hmm. That's the same if you look at the YA fantasy community, right? The YA fantasy community is huge on TikTok. There are a lot of people who love YA fantasy. So you can just start infiltrating those actual communities and start creating content in those spaces. So for Dave, he was talking about caregiving for his mother, the impact that that had on him and on her and life in general, all of the life lessons that he learned in that. For one of my other authors, um, D.S. Churchill, she got to look into how do you, how do I make book talk videos? How do I talk about world building? How do I talk about villains and magic systems? And how do I draw those people to me? And then how do I create a community around this book? And give back to the community that already exists with this book. So the concept is the same. You're still finding that community and going into it and offering what you have, what you brought, what you bring to the table, and then responding and interacting with other people who are already there. But the topics are different. So you can do the same similar things, right? Dave, he did a lot of caregiving interviews. Most of my other authors who write fiction, I tell them, hey, you're a writer. That means that you can go on writing podcasts. You are a writer. There are people who run entire YouTube channels about your books. They would love to interview you. Um, Go reach out to those people. The reading community at large has a lot of opportunities for you. You still need to do the interviews. They're just going to be a different style of interview. Right. But the concept is the same. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting because I think that I'll speak for myself personally as an author as well. So I started writing um, with my first book being published in 2012. So 10 years ago, I never thought I would get into publishing. And it's taken me a long time to get comfortable with social media, to understand it, to be able to create content on a regular basis, to understand what people want. Um, And there is no shortcut or no easy way to build an audience. And I think one of the things I want to say Um, to those of you who are probably feeling like, oh my God, this feels so overwhelming because I tend to go there too when I think about the big picture of how many people are out there and how many platforms you can choose from and how am I gonna even get my name out there kind of thing. But it's just one day at a time and it's deciding on a path. And I love how you focus on do what you're comfortable with. Like we all have innate gifts that we have been given And you don't have to try to climb Mount Everest if you'd rather be kayaking out on the river. You know, it's like, decide what it is that you really are passionate about. Do you really love interviews? Some people are freaked out by that and they don't want to do interviews or they don't want to do public speaking. Well then, yeah, be a blog, you know, do a blog tour, you know, and show up in writing in lots of different places and connect with people that way. Um, So I think it's really smart that you are saying, find what your strengths are, find the social media that partners with that and try to play in your field of strength. I think that's genius. I love it. So yeah. So 
what would you say is sort of the bare minimum? If we're going to talk about like an author who's got their book, you know, a lot of authors we work with, it's like, they're so comfortable in the creative space. Like writing is a pleasure. They enjoy working with the editorial team. They love, you know, the idea of being an author, but then when the book is in hand, it's like, oh my God, I got to take off that creative writer hat and put on the marketer hat. What's kind of the bare minimum, like getting to first base that you would recommend? Very, very, very basic, you know, hitting, hitting the ball with the bat, have a website, um, a personal website that you totally control. You have all of the ability to maintain and change and update the information as, as you need it. Right. So you'll have pages for your book. You'll have a page about you and you'll have a page so that readers can contact you at the very, very least amount of effort. That's, that's all you have to do. Right. And you can do that really easily now with WordPress or Wix or Weebly or Squarespace. Um, even MailChimp now has the ability to create a website within MailChimp's system. And MailChimp also has the opportunity now that you can create an email list connected to that website. MailChimp is one of my absolute favorite email list builders. And that's, that's you know, you've hit the bat or you've hit the ball and you're, you're running now. You, you, you've set up that email list collector yes. and you add it to your website. Nobody has to sign up yet, but now they can. That's the first step is creating a space where people can gather they can find you. They know, hey, this looks official. This is the author. This isn't some like fan account or fan site. Like this is the actual official information. That way, if you do run into the problem where your personal social media handles are all over the board, right? Like Twitter, you had to do author JJ Hannah. And on Facebook, you had to do writer JJ Hannah. And on <laughs> you know, TikTok, you ended up with just JJ Hannah because the other ones were taken. If you're all over the board and it's not quite, you're not able to keep it all the same. Um, that way on your website, you can add social media links that tell people, these are my accounts. These are the right ones. If you end up here, you're on my page. It just helps everybody know with confidence that they're actually following you and not a fan account or somebody who's just reposting you or somebody who on Instagram then like, quote unquote, hacked you and started posting your own photos again and is pretending to be you on the internet. Um, it just helps you protect yourself from that. And it's the it's the most simple, straightforward thing you can do. After that, great. yeah, yeah. After that, you go and claim your free real estate, right? So the things that are created online in book spaces already uh, that you can start controlling. So Goodreads will let you claim your author profile. Your book is on Goodreads. It will be on Goodreads. And if it's not, you can add your book to Goodreads. Um, and as you do that, your author name will be a clickable link. That's so that Goodreads can keep track of all of the books associated with your name. It's part of their own organizational system. Even better, though, is you can go claim access to that and start updating it, filling it out, creating it your own, making it your own branding, right? So Goodreads will let you do that. BookBub will let you do that. Amazon will let you do that. All of yeah. those spaces is free real estate, essentially, where you can then connect with your readers. It doesn't take a whole lot to maintain once you set it up, but it's totally free for you to use. Um, and then... Once you go from there, start exploring with social media. Start with one that you love, that you're ready to dedicate yourself to. Start posting once a week, then up it to three times a week. And then when you're ready to grow, 
up to one time every single day. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's how you're really going to see growth in your social media. I always recommend starting with Facebook because you can create your personal account and then you can create a page that separates it for yourself so that your best friends from like your elementary school don't have to follow all of your book updates if they don't want to, but the space is now available for them to. Um, that way, you know for a fact, if they're following you, they want those updates and it lets you self-promote with a little bit more confidence. Um, anybody following things, that page wants yeah, to Yeah, one of the things that I would, I wonder, and um, maybe you have an answer for, but on Facebook pages, you know, I find them a little difficult because they don't show them so much on when someone's on their personal profile. And so when someone felt like I followed a lot of pages, I don't necessarily see their thing, but I would say some of the value in having the page is if you do decide to run ads, you can do that. And you can't run ads from a personal profile. So if you're kind of thinking like, well, I don't know if it's worth it to have a page because you know, I don't get that much interaction on it or nobody sees it. There is a value to having a page and can connect Instagram and your Facebook page so that one will automatically post to the other. And you can use the, that free online scheduler through meta, you know, Facebook meta now, um, where you Mm -hmm. could create your posts for the week and schedule them all. And then they'll post and you don't have to think too much about it. So there are tools to kind of help ease the pain of how much time is this going to take me and is it really worth it and all of those kinds of things. Let's talk just for a a couple minutes before we end here about things that you can do that are outside of social media. So what are some of the best websites that you know of or book promotion tools or ways that authors can market um, that aren't connected with social media at all? Yeah. So BookBub is one of the best ones for this. They, after you claim your author profile, um, you can go through and you can start running ads on the BookBub platform. Um, So in the benefit of the BookBub platform is that you can run ads for any of the books that you've written. So if you have a mixed author career, right, where you've self-published some books You've hybrid published some other books, and then you have some books with a traditional publisher, right, where you've hopped around and you're not quite sure which path you really want to stick with. But right now you're living the best of all worlds. You can claim all of those books and run ads for every single one of them um, on BookBub because your account is linked to your books and not just through like Amazon, you have to have access to your specific books and it's going to look different if you're traditionally published versus if you're an author publisher, right? So as you go about creating those spaces, those ads will let you reach readers in your genre for very minimal cost. Um, So you can do that really easily and online. And then if you have price control of your books, um, you can also submit for BookBub featured deals, which will be a way more pricey option, but they're so effective um, because they send out an email to a bunch of readers in your genre when your book is discounted that lets those readers know, hey, you don't want to miss this deal. Um, This book is on sale for 99 cents. You got to go get it right now. And you will almost always 100% of the time make back what you put in but you have to have price control of your books in order for that to work. 
Um, so if you're traditionally published, talk with your publisher to figure that out and set up that timing because they'll have to adjust that for you. Um, but if you're an author publisher through Kindle Direct or if you're working with a smaller press, um, or even if you're hybrid published, there might be a way that you guys can coordinate or that you can control that yourself. So that's one of the best ways still online, but not necessarily through social media. The other thing that I really recommend is figuring out where you're comfortable writing guest blog posts um, and where you can where you can get speaking events. Reach out to libraries, reach out to bookstores, ask if you can do an author reading and signing. Ask if you can come in to sign the copies of the books in that particular bookstore. Um, you can do this with your small independent bookstores. You can do this with Barnes and Noble. If you walk in and you say, hi, I'm the author of this book and it was on your shelf. Can I sign all of your stock? They'll probably say yes. Most of those stores know that then they can charge a slightly higher price because it's an assigned author copy and it lets the, the readers know, hey, this is a really cool thing. This is an awesome thing. But going to your libraries, going to your bookstores and letting them know, hey, I'm a local author. Can I sign the books and anytime that you have more stock come in, I'd love to come in and sign those ones as well. Then that bookstore might also be able to put a little local author sticker or feature you in a specific table that can get you out of the mix of all of the shelves and into specifically a, like a featured spot, which is huge. Getting those features in that way is amazing. And that takes no, no so like personal speaking skills. It just takes going up and having a little courage. Yeah. Courage is the biggest thing. And I think that's the bottom line. That, that's how we could sum up the whole thing is the courage to market your book, because that's what it takes. It's like writing and creativity and having the life experiences or the creative storyline that you had and putting it together um, is one thing. But having the courage to really get it out there and find your readers and make some calls or book some speaking engagements or sign books or show up on social media takes courage. And I think that by exercising that muscle of courage and getting some early wins, you know, getting onto first base by doing some of those easier first like swing at the plate, you'll start to build that courage and the confidence to do the next thing and do the next thing. And pretty soon, the thing that seemed hard to begin with is something that's become part of your routine and then you can move on to the next hard thing. So I, I just encourage each of you listening today to take a swing at the plate, have the courage to get out there and market your book. The publisher can only do what they can do, whether you're a hybrid, working with a hybrid press or a traditional press or whether you publish on your own, the marketing generally falls onto the shoulders of the author. Isn't that the case? And so we yeah. have to be our own best advocates for our books. And, um, you know, at Lighthouse, let's talk a little bit about what you guys do. Um, you guys both do traditional and hybrid publishing, and you guys accept submissions. So tell a little bit about what you guys do. Yeah, so we are actually actively seeking submissions in all sorts of genres. Um, on our website, there is a blog post that says our manuscript wish list of, you know, if you have exactly the manuscripts we're looking for, we, wa we want you to send it in. We'd love to see it. Um, mostly we do hybrid contracts. And what that really means is that we partner with the author um, to create a really stellar product in the end. So you get the support that you would have in traditional publishing. You get marketing advice, you get marketing support, publicity support, editorial support, 
professional cover design, everything that we would do in our traditional publishing track. But instead of a full traditional publishing, you also then get higher royalties because you helped um, cover some of that initial upfront cost of publishing a book. Um, so in that partnership really is a lot of that creative freedom and also the ability to get part of our publisher's cut. Um, that's really what's happening is because you're joining us as a partial publisher in the team in the, in the publishing of your book. Um, there's a lot that we can do with our experience and a lot that you can do with your drive and your desire to really get that book out there. I love that. And, you know, it's interesting because as Betty and I connected um, through the IBPA, which is the internet, the, um, I'm saying international, is that right? No, it's the Independent Book <laughs> Publishers Association, although I know they have people outside of the U.S. as well in, in their membership, you know, and also as a hybrid publisher, you know, what I find interesting is that we're all on the same team here. There's plenty of authors out there. There's plenty of manuscripts that need to find their way into publication. And so I always encourage prospective authors, just like you would go car shopping and check out this dealership and that dealership and really find like what vehicle feels right to you, that there's lots of publishers out there and many of them specialize in different genres and have different experiences and different types of contracts. And so do your homework and look at um, all that's available to you. I think if you have a manuscript, there's absolutely a way to get it published. I don't think there's any author or aspiring author out there who should feel like I'm never going to get this book published because there's always a publisher for you. So I want to just say thank you so much for being a part of our podcast today and connecting with us. Um, torchflamebooks.com is where you can find out more about their uh, publishing process. I will put that link in the bio or in the show notes here. And um, any parting words, Tori, that you have today for any aspiring authors or authors that are published and are biting their nails, waiting to take the swing at the bat, you know, swing at the plate? Honestly, I mean, the, the most encouragement I could offer you is the worst that could happen is they say no, right? Put yourself out there, reach out to those big name endorsers, reach out to bookstores, reach out to literary agents, reach out to publishing houses. The absolute worst thing that happens is they say no, and yeah. you're still exactly where you are. Your, your circumstances don't change if they say no, but they might change if, if they say yes. And that really is all, that, that's what it takes to have about five seconds of courage to write that email and then press send. Just remember to press send. There you go. So thank you so much. I appreciate all of you for being here and listening to the iBook podcast. Be sure to check out their link, torchflamebooks.com and stay tuned for another message as we part ways today. was another episode of the I'm Book Podcast. To get more information about how you can become a published author, visit us online at o'learypublishing.com, where we would love to help you get started on your publishing adventure. Good luck, and we hope to see you on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or maybe even in your local bookstore. Have a great day.